This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are watching the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always. Hey, you know what? I'm totally messing this up. I don't know what's uh, what, what's my problem. Watching. watching. I said watching instead of because I've got YouTube up in front of me. Let's start this again. Fun. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying, by the way. Oh, I'm sure it is. I had no doubt that it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't had a uh, a good blooper like that in a long, long while. No, no. It's it's pretty much intro- introduction by numbers. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's good. You know, uh, it's, it's good to feel that, uh, you know, this isn't just a pre-recorded bit. It, it actually happens. That's right. It's <laughs> yes, real. yes. It, We're as live, somebody just posted, live in front of a studio audience. As somebody just posted in the uh, chat, um, a special rewind feature like in FX3. Exactly. Just yeah, push, exactly. That, <laughs> push that wizard. Bar, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly now, right. now, if only we could get the uh, bonus scores and, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. crank up the viewership numbers. Um, <laughs> so Jared and I were just, uh, you before the show starts, he comes in, we kind of check our levels and, and kind of do a little bit of banter just so we can get everything uh, up and running for the actual show. And, and he was starting to talk about some stuff that he had been watching. Um, those of you on mm. Twitter will know what he was watching, but he was talking about a movie before that, which was uh, the movie Orgasmo. Yeah. And if you don't know about this movie, it is um, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, the guys behind South Park. Uh, this was their second movie that they ever made, I believe. First one being Cannibal the Musical. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, I just got from the the other room. Was asked, "What about basketball? Basketball? Oh, basketball they after. starred in, but it was not their movie. They didn't write it. They didn't direct it." Um, it's true. It was a great a, movie, though. Really? Oh man, I found it terrible. But oh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So. I just like the fact that Real Big Fish are in it. That's where I found out about <laughs> Real Big Fish, the band. They're great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, or Orgasmo is. It's basically about a Mormon, which is one of Matt and Trey's favorite subjects. Um, yes. a, a Mormon guy that goes, you know, ringing the doorbells and on one of the doorbells that he rings, it happens to be, you know, obviously he's in Chatsworth, California or something like that. And, yeah. uh, it's he's a, a this. yeah, that's where they're filming a porno. And next thing you know, he's, uh, brought into the world of it and <laughs> he's trying to justify his existence in this because, you know, he needs the money because he's about to get married and, and all this stuff, but it obviously goes against everything that he's ever uh, thought about. But it is one of these movies that is so entirely filthy and just entirely spot on on what they're making fun of. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so on point. Oh, it's, it's just fabulous. About it. What I was going to then tell Jared, and I was like, I need to share this with everybody. So as you guys might know, I am a camera assistant in motion pictures. Yeah. I used to work at a camera rental house. Uh, the rental house is Panavision. And while there, one of our marketing reps used to get all sorts of submission videos or just like, um, not necessarily submission videos, but projects that the DP had been working on and stuff like that. And he became known for collecting these just brilliant bits of little just bizarre comedy. It's, it's yeah. the first place I ever saw 
William Shatner doing his live reading of Rocket Man at some awards show. <laughs> it, and I'm not kidding you. It, it's spectacularly awful. Yeah, it is. But it is hilarious to watch. So those uh, are the kinds of things that he used to collect. Well, at one point, he got sent the infamous South Park Christmas card, which is the five-minute video called The Spirit of Christmas. Yes. That started their whole trajectory. And it's yes. because, I mean, talk about just like six degrees of separation kind of thing. The One of the gals that worked at Panavision, her brother was the Steadicam operator on the show ER. George Clooney was one of the people that received this Christmas card. And so he shared it and it got shared. So it was one of these things where by the time we got it, it had been copied, you know, six or seven times on VHS. You know, uh, believe me, when I finally got to see this thing without all the warble and (laughs) video degradation, I was like, oh, that's what it actually looked like. How about that? Um, (laughs) But anyway, that put those guys on his radar. He had reached out. So he got a copy of the South Park pilot before it ever aired. And I'll tell you right now, the South, the the pilot for South Park, the last third is completely different than what actually aired. Oh, right. So we knew about these guys long before. They actually uh, got a network. Yeah, before they were on network. Right. Well, (laughs) he knew that I was a big fan. And at some point he comes to me and he goes, Hey, there's a, um, they're doing a shoot for the actual TV show South Park and uh, they got no money. And the program that I was in basically after two years, they kicked you out and you became a camera assistant. You were on your own, you might say. So I was getting near the end of that run and I needed experience. And so So you went on work experience basically. Yeah. I need work experience. And so he was like, do you have any interest in helping out on this? I was like, yes, Uh, absolutely. (laughs) Let's do this. So it's, I don't think it was my absolute first job ever as a camera assistant, but it quite possibly was my second. And the only thing I asked for payment was a signed t-shirt, which yes, I do still have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But what we wound up filming was the Mr. Hanky commercial. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Right. I love those those live action bits in the early series. Oh my gosh. And those guys, I'm outside this house that we're filming in or whatever. And I was loading film at that time. And at one point, this is my favorite memory. At one point they came outside the two of them, Matt and Trey, mm. and they were having this discussion and they, they were, believe me, Terrence and Philip are these two. They, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. These two <laughs> cackled like mad dogs and would rip, you know, farts if they could. I mean, it was, yep. you know, th- it was just what they're doing, but they were talking about the infamous episode, which was who's Cartman's father. And they did this. It was a multi-part episode, but the cliffhanger was like, they left it as a cliffhanger and then there was going to be a gap between episodes. Yes. A long gap. And then they came back on April fool's day. Brilliant. And the whole (laughs) thing was nothing but a Terrence and Philip episode. It had nothing to do with who, who, and people got irate yeah and demanded that the episode be concluded and sure enough they wound up doing an episode that concluded it but i remember them talking about this and laughing at how much they were going to troll people 
<laughs> by not revealing, just leaving it as a cliffhanger and, and stuff. So it was one of those things that when, when the stuff finally came onto air and I saw it, I knew exactly what was going to be happening in terms of, oh, they're not going to answer this. And then much to my surprise, a couple of episodes later, they actually did answer it. And then I read about how there was all this demand that they do it. And, and if everybody knows their schedule, they were cranking these episodes out. Um, as weekly. I mean, well, that was when they were doing it. That's how they do it now on computer. Back then, yeah. they were still doing cardboard. Oh, with they really were... stop frame and yeah. frame by frame. Yeah, wow. They were still doing that, so it did take a little while to. Um, or I mean, they it might have been all put in the computer, but it was a much longer process. But yeah. when I say much longer, it's not the six day episode. It was probably maybe three weeks per episode. I mean, it was right, right. You know, it was still quick turnaround. So they were able to quickly turn around and crank out this episode and you know satisfy the, the people, but. Anyway, that's it's just one of those things that I have an absolute affinity for those guys. One of the um, camera assistants that I work with and who wound up writing a script uh, helped me write the script that I'd done two years back or so. Um, he went to school with those guys in Colorado and is actually in Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> right. So, Jeez. Um, yeah, I, it's what a trip. It that's, is. That's it insane. Is. Yeah, Orgasmo was a fun movie. And, like, <laughs> I could just imagine what those two would be like on set. It's funny that they're, they're embodiments of Derrick and Philip. And, and I got I to gotta say, folks, this was what they were like back in 1998. I don't yeah. know what they're like today. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, it's, uh, I mean, that... Lots of life has happened in the in-between, so who knows what they're... Uh, oh, yeah. What they're they like may have mellowed out somewhat. Um. But I would still, guy, if they actually ever did another film project, I would. That's one of those that it would just be like, I would love to be on set for that. I, isn't the the Book of Mormon is one of their productions, isn't it? They yes, they wrote it. And, yeah, oh, uh, we're going to see that Broadway. next week. Oh, are yeah. you? I, I haven't seen it, and I've been dying. <laughs> it would be so great. It's if it could. So good. People yeah. would just say it's just the best thing they've seen for such a long time. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's the it's the day after I'm going to a, a wedding down the Gold Coast, so oh, okay. I'll be I'll be going down the Gold Coast for this wedding, and then going back on train probably, and then in the morning or wherever it is, the matinee I think it is, we'll go and see this thing in uh, in at around lunchtime. So it'll be great. This sounds like a weekend that we won't be recording a podcast. <laughs> uh, potentially, yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know how early it is in the morning. I have to check the calendar. But um, <laughs> yeah, put it as tentative for now. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's see. What should we? What should we dive into here? Why don't we uh, go ahead and dive right into? Jared has been posting pictures, pictures, numerous pictures. Um, he's back working on his, uh, star race, star, star race. Mm. and it looks like he's getting himself into trouble. So why don't oh, you, uh, yeah. why don't you tell me what the heck is going on with your machine? So I, it, for a while, well, a while ago, um, I had some troubles with the lights just randomly sort of flickering or dropping out like the whole general illumination and, um, controlled lamps who were just dropping out. Okay. I thought, oh, you know, whatever, it's okay. And what happened was it, like you would actually, with the glass off, you would actually strike the play field and the problem would go away. So it was like um, vibration related. And that's usually um, a problem with sockets, like light sockets that go like um, all the barrel light sockets, they tend to get loose and um, they flop around. When they flop around, you can actually sort of get like partial shorts. 
So I thought, well, I'll go through and and do some work on the really bad light sockets and um, sort of do some re um, reparation on them just to make them a little bit more secure. And in the last order, I got a whole lot of light sockets from uh, the pinball resource. So I've been systematically going through the, the table and putting new ones in and yeah. uh, like uh, re replacing all those terrible bracketed light bulbs that um, they that these early system agents had. They're basically on this big common metal strip with the barrels attached to the strip. And once one barrel gets rattly, you've got to throw away the whole strip because you can't just replace the barrels. <laughs> it's like those Christmas light strings. <laughs> oh, it totally is. Yeah. Except, yeah. Uh, so you've got no choice. You have to actually go and replace all the lights on that strip. So... I got enough of the um, underplayfield lamp sockets to do all of those, and that was my first my first task, and that went pretty well. They look a lot better now, and the brackets themselves actually position the light bulb closer to the insert, which okay. for LEDs is fine, of course, because yes. they don't generate the heat. But incandescence might have been a problem, but who uses those these days, really? So me, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, doing it wrong. Uh, no, 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 I'm not doing it wrong because with Bally. If you want to use LEDs, you have to buy a new uh, board that can oh, an run. OCD. Oh, really? They have a switch matrix on those early, all those early games. No, apparently, oh, no, with, a lamp matrix. Yeah, uh, apparently, with the early '80s Bally tables, you actually have to buy an additional board that can handle it. Um, the OCD board. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's like when I found out what it was, I just went, eh, "I'm not going to." Nope. Buy that. I can't <laughs> As roll with the old bulbs. Yeah. So what I did find is, um, as an aside, um, before I continue the story, the uh, the little general illumination sockets, which are sort of the ones that are designed to make the bulbs sit flush in the play field. They're, mm -hmm. um, they're, I didn't get the ones. Apparently, there are two shortness lengths on these ones, or the brackets have a, a higher position for the barrel on the other ones, and I got the wrong ones. So the bulbs are sticking up a little higher than the other bulbs on the play field. Um, but I don't really think it's going to be too much of a problem. Um, the the bulbs are all behind um, rails and rubbers, so uh -oh. you know, yeah. it's not like they're glass, so they're not going to shatter if a ball hits and they're just going to get knocked around a bit, and that's fine. I've got heaps of them. So, um, so yeah, I, that was fine because I think the main culprit with all the, the rattling around were these general illumination um, sockets that were near all the pot bumper Um rubberized areas <laughs> yeah there's nothing that vibrates near pop no and i'll tell no. you what the uh, if you ever played a like one of these system 80 godleaves the pop bumpers are strong as anything and they yeah. just shake the whole table they are very very strong um so yeah there, there was a lot of rattling going on around there so i did all those and um sort of midway between doing the um the all the uh, the insert lights with uh, replacing all the light bulbs with the uh, the the new sockets. I did a, a play test of the game. You know, it's always good to check your work. Yeah, um, you know, regularly when you're doing this sort of thing to try and identify problems. So, <clears throat> particularly with the amount of solder that you're throwing around when you're doing rewiring, it, it can get a bit messy in there. So you you do get some random problems sometimes that are easy to fix if you do it shortly after finding out where you were soldering. So I I flicked on the game, started playing it, and um, about midway through a game all the all the controlled lamps just started going crazy like they were just like flicking like all over the place and they were like they weren't locking on but they were like it was like they were getting half voltage hmm. 
and they were just really erratically blink blinking, not like they normally do with the um, the clock circuit on a on a system eighty. I was going, that's definitely not right. So I didn't know what was causing it. So of course, naturally, you turn it off, and then you start to do some investigation. So I thought, oh, normally it's just a, a connector issue because system eighty machines are notorious for the bad edge connectors on them. So I thought, oh well, I'll go in and have a look at those edge connectors and just reseat them and you know do all the usual stuff you do when you. Doing initial fact, uh, fault finding, and um, uh, did all that, and I was still having the flickering issues. So um, I then took a look at the uh, the power supply in the head box, and one of the two LEDs that show you that the board's healthy wasn't lit, and I was going, "Oh no, okay, great." So um, I then got onto Pinside and and. Did some googling about how you actually test. I've never actually done live voltage testing on something like a power supply before, so it was brand new territory for me. I was going, "Oh, I hope I don't blow anything up by putting the probes on anything." <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the engineers at Godly were smart. They actually have these things called TPs on the board, which are test points. So they're just these lugs that you can put the um, uh, the probes onto safely and take readings for the key parts of the, the circuit. And I'm such an idiot. The um, I was doing testing on the the low voltage side of the power supply, so the five volt and eight volt circuit, and I had the the multimeter set on twenty for voltage, and then I put the probes on um, the plus forty two and plus sixty circuits. So I was getting zero on the multimeter. I was going, hmm, I'm getting no power to those circuits, but the displays and all that sort of stuff, which is what that part of the power circuit. Um, are doing, uh, are controlling, they're all lit and working and operating fine. What's going on? It's like, what is happening? Is the the blown LED a cause of the fault or what's going on? You know what, what happens when you start to look at things wrong with a pinball machine. You just don't know where to start. Yeah. So um, I, I realized, hang on a second, there's other settings on this multimeter that I should try. Like there's like, you know, there's a 200. What does that do? So I turned it on to 200 and lo and behold, I was getting a reading. So <laughs> turns out I learned that the the little uh, different settings on each of the different things, like for ohms, volts, and amps, um, they are the upper limits of what that particular um, uh, reading set can do. So if it's on 20, it will measure up to 20 volts, but no higher. If it If it is 200, it'll measure up to 200 volts, but no higher. So I learned something about multimeters. <laughs> I need to learn so much about multimeters because basically whenever I use one, I don't have any clue what I'm doing. And then somebody no, tells me, me then somebody tells me, oh, flick it over to this and check for this. And I go, oh, okay, yes, you know, for the task that I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that, that's great. And then if you asked me to do it again two weeks later, I would be right no. back at square mm -hmm. one. Gabriel, yeah. what is this thing that I got in my hand? So yeah, yeah I'm very I, much the same. But I've I've got a lot better at using it over the last <laughs> couple of days. Let me tell you. So anyhow, conti continuing the saga, I um I got the readings. I was I was talking with the guy who actually did all the board work for me. He's a really really great guy. He didn't have to help me at all, and and he did over. Yeah, email. it's nice when they do that, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a really really great guy. He's John from JWG Enterprises, and um he he was guiding me through a few things to check and he was going, all right, all right, so 
I was saying, oh, I've checked all the bridge rectifiers to make sure that they're they're not open. He goes, I don't know what you're doing with those readings. <laughs> so <laughs> just goes goes straight up to the um, power supply and put the probes on all the test points and tell me the voltages. And that's when I said, oh, look, I can't get voltage out of, I can't get reading out of the other two. Because that's weird because your displays are working. They those things, if they're if your displays are working, you're getting the correct voltage, so that should be fine. Um, and then uh, he. He was saying, oh, so try and test the input voltages going into the board. There's this edge connector that goes straight from the um, the transformer panel on the bottom right up to the power supply. And he goes, put your probes, what like the black one on the earth line, and then the red one, touch each one of the terminals like inside the plug, and just stick your probe in there and get a reading from each one of those terminals and um, tell me what the voltages are. And they were all in tolerance. They, they were coming up with the right amount of volts coming mm -hmm. in, plus or minus. Um, nothing too outrageous at all. So, like, the logic voltage was fine at about 5.03 volts. Anything lower than that, you start to get weird behavior because, you know, obviously, that's what he was thinking. It was like a, a line issue. Um, but then uh, he said, oh, okay. Um, uh, have a look at the earth lines on... All of you know how it's got the common earth braid that runs around yeah. the whole playfield, basically. Well, have a he said, put the multimeter on that and um, do it from the common ground on the big transformer panel on the bottom. Stick your black probe onto that. Then put your red probe on all of the earth straps and see what voltage you're getting. And this is where it started to get interesting. On one, see, there's multiple there's multiple loops in this game because of the playfield width. So it's not one common loop that goes around. There's actually two separate. Um, earth circuits all like wired back to the same common okay and um one of them was measuring two volts and one was measuring six of course lamps operate on six volts dc so the one that was operating on two volts was obviously wrong and what's probably going on is there's a bit of a crook connector in the back box um and it's uh it's not letting it's probably a little bit tarnished or got a little damage to it or maybe even the pad on the board where it connects into is a bit dodgy um so uh yeah it i was going okay well there's two different voltages well i would make sure that you have correct voltage over those two um earth straps and that should probably help with the um the weird flickering problems um so I found a point at which both of the earth lines ran parallel to each other, like the good one and the bad one, and I just bridged them <laughs> with a wire. So I just sold, tacked a wire onto each side and then measured around, and I'm getting a good six volts along all circuits now because earth is earth. You don't have to worry about doing right. anything weird with that. It's just a different path to ground. So that's fine. So did that, and eh, it's going okay. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't the power supply. It wasn't the bridge rectifiers. It wasn't um, fuses. Like he actually was going, oh, just check the fuses because sometimes you can have a fuse that measures good, but it's actually signed to fatigue. And when you get fatigue fuses, you get voltage problems, which is like, okay, sure. But no, they were all fine as well. But no, it was the, the earth strap. Well, seemingly the earth strap from one side of the playfield to the other was dodgy. So that was like three days worth of diagnosis. To try and work that out but uh yay um, we, we are we are back <laughs> to back to an operational machine it's funny though when it boots up it still does a little bit of flickering and a little mm -hmm. bit of weird lights but then after 10 seconds it must warm up enough and it just locks back into normal operation so i was also go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say that that's kind of like electrical things don't just solve themselves. They don't fix themselves. No, but it's weird how they can be inconsistent because you mess around with your table. I was just like, you know what? I haven't played my table in a while because I stopped playing it because of two things. One, I had a, a broken drop target and I didn't want to break anymore. And then mm-hmm. two, I was having this weird thing with the, this is able to I'm talking about where yeah. all the drop targets would get dropped. And I would hit the uh, include the A ball target, and then as soon as I hit one of the stand up targets behind the drop targets, all of a sudden it would just do a repetitive score, like no uh, ball contact or it was, And I was like, "What the heck is going on?" And, and that started freaking me out, and so I just shut the machine off. But when it's cooler weather, I don't have this issue. And so, sure enough, I went out there and I played, and I played for a good long time, thinking, "Well, maybe the machine needs to warm up." I didn't have an issue, so I. I don't have a clue what is going on um, that is causing this, but it it does make me wonder if it's drop target related because at one point it wasn't the main bank of seven drop targets that started the auto triggering. It was as soon as I knocked the eight ball target down. So I'm wondering mm. if it has something to do with the drop targets, which again, once I replace them all, I'm going to be pulling the whole rigs Make out, out. Yeah. Uh, to, to replace them. And then I can give a proper, a proper look, but it, it is one of the things, though, like, when all of a sudden it's working good enough, you're kind of like, good enough, let's go! <laughs> it might be that there's, is the target that you hit after shooting the eight ball drop target uh, a target that only really matters um, after well, you Well, there's the not target? a, ta- there, behind the eight ball, because uh, it's in the lane, behind that yeah. is a saucer. This was happening, when it started doing it on that, it was the second I knocked down the eight ball. That oh. it was what's happening. Where it seems to be of that bank of stand-up targets that are behind all the, the seven drop targets, it was the number one or the D uh yeah. target that seemed to be the one that was triggering. Like if that as soon as that one got fired, it would just just continually score. Um but I didn't again, this is where I need to learn how to use a multimeter because I don't I can't check a connection, so I don't know what I'm looking for. Well, I think I found that you just put it onto the V setting, the volt setting, because that's what you're measuring yeah. through all the all the different circuits. You just want to check volts, and um, you just need to identify like a good place to put your black probe um, underneath the playfield. Usually on the main. I don't know if the Bally Williams tables have a big transformer board in the bottom. I think they normally do. Um, but yeah, just find a good place with a lot of green wires going into it and tack <laughs> it onto there and um, and then just start probing around. Good. The thing I found is that as long as you're only touching one thing at a time, there's no chance of damaging anything right. by doing multimeter tests, which is what I was scared of. Yeah. Um, but you're not, all you're doing is the circuit's being completed inside the multimeter. So you're not at risk of damaging anything really. Yeah. Um, but I had to do, the other thing I had to do is like a, the one thing I didn't, Order when I went to PBR because I just didn't think I needed it. Where the um, the another variety of insert um, not insert lights um, GI lights that um, have two lugs at the top, and they allow you to um, like daisy chain uh, the the line and the earth um, wires along the top of the run. And one of these ones was just totally shot. Like the barrel was spinning, all the little lugs at the top were spinning around freely. Like there was just zero connectivity, yet it was still shining. But I figured if it's rattling around a lot, there's a possibility that could be a root cause of all these light issues I'm having as well. Because it 
vibration is a really bad thing in 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 the light sockets. So if you have vibration, you really can do some crazy stuff um, with light. So I thought, no, I want to just systematically go through and eliminate. So for this one, because I didn't have a replacement, I had to take it out of the machine and just run a wire from the top lugs down to the barrel and then put a tack of solder on the top tab between the little rivet where the, the little plungery bit goes in and out of the light socket where you stick your bulb in. Um, and it looked like a Frankenstein job. There's photos up on Instagram if you want to have a look. Yeah, they're not pretty. They're really, <laughs> really ugly. But look, it does the job and it it's, it's a solid solid connection now i did multimeter testing to make sure i hadn't made it open or anything like that and it's good but yeah it's just frankenstein compared to the other beautiful clean shiny sockets that i've got <laughs> in the game it just it's, it looks gross so good enough until you do the next order <laughs> yeah but that's that's right yeah i just want the, the real goal that i'm doing here is i want to get this thing right for august because right. i've got the coin i got the coin make for it the other day and i had to actually adjust that as well because it's a mm. manual one had to do some bending of the the main the weighing arm the arm with a little weight attached yeah. to it because it had um it, this was a second hand mech and um i had to like bend all of the little um sort of lugs back up again so it was really quite a tight fit because there was coins getting stuck and i was going ah oh, it's just just what i need this is like yeah. the crucial thing like if you're not if your coin mech's not working you're not going to make any money nope. so i need to make sure this thing's working real well so yeah, I got that tuned up real nice now. It's accepting coins every time, which is really Great. good. So I just got to make sure this thing holds up electrically for ten days of potentially constant play at the yeah. exhibition, like a captive audience of you know usually around fifty thousand people that goes through the uh, event um, every every year. So you know it's going to be an interesting test for it. So it I need be. to do I need to do more burn in testing. Of there you it. go. In, in other words, play it a lot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, darn. Oh, um, what a shame. What yeah. a shame. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's switch it up a little bit. Uh, every week I've been talking about the data I've been collecting on the uh, Zen's William Pinball app. Mm. And I've, I'm coming to the conclusion that what I need to do is write a guide essentially for new users, if you will. Mm. Um how to spend Smurf berries? Call it that. Yeah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to call it how to spend Smurf berries. Because look, what I've discovered with all these these discussions is, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that they absolutely positively all they want to do is just pay their money. That's all mm. they want to do. But if you're brand new to the game and you don't really, I mean, look, when you buy when you get a new game on mobile, you got to play it a little bit in order to even see if it's worth it. You know, being mm. on there, or do you just want to delete it, right? Exactly. But unfortunately, if you're being thrown a, a limited time, time offer. offer, and it's not exactly a cheap offer. Uh, it's, no, it's not like dollars. It's like tens of dollars to buy. You, I table. mean, basically, well, what somebody posted today was they're offering you all ten tables right now. Oh, wow! For a three-day uh, limited time yeah. offer for thirty bucks, so it's ten bucks a pack, which is what you would pay on Steam. But for mobile gaming, that's pricey. Well, you look at how much a season cost on on Pinball Arcade. I'm not looking at Pinball Arcade. I'm talking about purely. Oh well. Oh, excuse, season on on mobile. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. But I mean, I'm talking about for the casual mobile gamer. Yeah, it's a big. It's like a, whoa. You want yeah, me to that's throw a chunk of change. Thirty right? bucks to you? Like, what's going on? There? Right. But yeah. the problem is, is if you don't take up the offer and. Like, 
then you start playing the game. Well, bad news, folks. Not only are you never going to be able to collect all the parts, coins, and tickets in order to fully upgrade all the tables and play them at the, you know, using the pro physics and pro D, uh, difficulty. Uh, but now if you want to buy the tables or anything, it's going to cost you twice the price of what it would have cost you. Unless you contact support and say, hey, look, I didn't see the offer come up when I when I got the... Uh, the yeah, I mean, there's ways around it, but it's not easy. And, no. and as of yet, Zen has not repeated the offer. Like a lot of mobile games that I play, maybe once a month, they'll be like, hey, special deal. And yeah. it'll be one of these, you know, hey, all the in-game currency is half off. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so Zen hasn't done that yet. Who knows if they're going to? It would be highly advisable for them to do that. I don't know why they just don't have it as a permanent offer. Just always tantalizing you at the top of the game. Like, why is time critical a thing? Like, because, like you say, like, how do you know? Because if, if it's like always it? there, then why are you charging so much for all your other in-game currency? Mm, it's. I mean, yeah. look, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to fault them for doing mobile pricing. I'm not. That's. And, and I know that's a big point of contention on, on the forums. And I know that you fall in this camp somewhat with, look, if I want to buy the tables, why not charge me exactly what I'm being charged on PC and stuff? But the PC is not offering you a way of earning all the tables free. That's just not, or the consoles. They're not doing it yeah. either. They're doing it's This is freemium pricing. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's a cost to freemium pricing. And if Zen is not going to institute a regular uh, kind of appearance of price drops or sales, then that's when they're going to need to fix some other things with how you're earning. Because currently yes. with all the stats that I'm collecting, um, these three tables that I didn't, that I'm, I was starting off from scratch with for William yeah. volume three, I've already maxed out all the coins. I just, and I've uh, paid for the upgrade on one of the tables. I'm just waiting on coins to upgrade the other two. I will have them upgraded before the next table pack drops. So that's not an issue. So once you're caught up, the next time a table pack drops, it is absolutely 100% possible possible to do. Here's the question. I don't know what would happen if you had six tables. I don't know how, it, you know, at some point, it's going to become impossible. Well, that's me because, you know, I've, I haven't got all my tables maxed out like the previous ones, volume one, volume two. Right. So I'm in the position where I'm getting random table parts for tables that aren't Save Cracker, Theater of Magic, and um, uh, what the other one? Uh, Champion, Champion Pub. Pub. Yeah. So I'm not, getting, I'm not getting the drops I need to actually level those up. So, yeah, I'm in that position. And I, to, to be honest, I've stopped playing the game. Right. I'm just, I'm over the grind. I mean, right. I just like I might fire it up once or twice, but I'm not doggedly going in there every day and doing the challenges. It's just too much. And, and and as we've discussed before, grind is fine when you can see the light of the you know light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But if you're grinding and feeling like you're not getting anywhere, if anything, you're sliding backwards, mm. then that kills the fun entirely of it. Yeah, sure um, does. That's you know, where, it's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Like I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking like if I'm I'm telling myself now that if I want to play pinball, I'm just going to fire up Steam and just uh -huh. enjoy my time playing it rather than going, oh, I right. need to get the table part, that table part, etc. Like I like the challenges and stuff, but. Because like for I, me, honestly, and, and I've said this in the forums, I don't play the Williams app 
to play regular pinball. I play it solely to play the challenges. Yeah. So truthfully, once I've fully collected the challenges, now I'm not going to do it this time because I, now that I know <laughs> what I need to collect for the next time that the table pack drops, I want to be prepared for it and yeah. hopefully speed things up even faster. Yeah. But otherwise it would be, well, there's no point in playing the challenges and I'm not really interested in playing it on mobile, just a regular game of pinball. So uh, then I don't play the app. So, yeah. I mean, you know, but the, then the, I was talking to some people and they're like, Hey, I only have a mobile device. That's, that's the right. only way I can play. So yeah. I and get that where it's me coming as from. well. Like I, I would be in the same boat. Like, like I said, if I didn't have steam and the selection of pinball I have on steam now, um, I would be probably just buying everything outright right. on mobile and sucking it up because I know that's the only option I have to actually play or going and buying a dedicated game console like Switch and, and doing that. Yeah, so what I'm discovering, uh, like I said, I just, um, this happened two days ago. I On day 16 of my collecting, I finally have all 100 parts for all three tables. Um, I already, like I said, I already maxed out and upgraded uh, Theater of Magic. I was just waiting on parts for Champion Pub and Safecracker. Um, oh, I now have those, but of course, I'm still flipping cards and I'm still getting those table parts. Right. What I don't understand, what Zen really needs to do first and foremost is look. You in total, it's what is it, 170 parts that you need? Right. Uh, you know, between all the the various star levels. The game should recognize that you've collected 170 parts. And just stop dropping And it. just stop. And instead, when you hit that point, start giving you extra coins. Yeah, but the thing is, the coins are the unobtainium in the game. Like, coins, and Mel said this, coins are the hard currency. In they the are the it hard would... currency, but they don't need to be impossible currency. Yeah, well, they Again, do if they a, want to make there's... money. <laughs> That's a problem. No, they'll still make money, I think. It's because... I doubt people are going to be doing what I'm doing, which is I'm playing all four challenges. And for the most part, I'm getting to 15 stars on all four challenges. The only one yeah. that I'm not getting 15 stars on regularly is the premium challenge because it's rock hard. Um, safe cracker five minute challenge on premium is nigh impossible. Right. <laughs> let me, let me tell you this, the score total just to get 10 stars was 1.26 million. Oh, jeez. You have to play absolutely bang on perfect. You have to get the vault. I mean, uh, you have to get the token. And oh. not just once, because you need to get the token, so then you can get the multi-ball, so then you can hit the jackpots. But then you're going to need to get another vault token. There's not enough time, because the stupid countdown timer keeps on going while you're playing the board game. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. You can't, like, usually if it's in a in an out hole, not an out hole, like a, a trapped portion of the game, Yeah, you don't, you, the timer should stop. If the timer would stop in the board game, it would make sense. Well, and but, it's funny because it's not consistent on certain, like, if you're playing Fishtails and you get into the video challenge of the, you know, shooting the, the water skiers, yeah, the timer stop. stops. Yeah. But if it's you're like playing, they haven't done it properly in, right, if you're playing cracker. Black Rose, and you're doing the knife throw or the swing from the rig, timer still goes. Hmm. It's like, how is that any different? You yeah, know? It's, essentially, the board game is the video mode. In it is. Pack. It's the video mode. Yeah. So um, they should look at that. They should look at pausing the timer 
only when the ball is on the play field. When the ball is in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the ball is in play, that's when the timer goes. Yeah, the, the five-star on Safecracker for the premium five-minute was 850,000, and even that was a stretch. 850 is hard. Believe like me, you. I was sweat. I, it took me multiple attempts just to get that, and that 1.26 million. Oof. It was one of those things where I was having just like a phenomenal perfect game, yeah. and I beat it, and I'm not kidding you, I beat it by six seconds. Oh, jeez. You would have just put their phone down and just breathe a sigh of relief after cracking that one. I played two more times after that just to see how impossible the five-minute uh, 15 star goal was. And then yeah. I went, this is a waste of tickets. So I'm not even going to try. And that's a problem, right? Because that premium one, you're burning tickets, which is you're burning, pop. You're, you're burning your upgrade path for all the new tables that are coming out. 25 know? tickets pop. And at basically what you're getting at five-star level, or yeah, five star goal. You're getting next to nothing in a, as a reward. It's yeah. ball trails. You're better off just doing basic, like resetting at, the basic challenge. No, at ten stars, you get five table parts. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're if you're on a table part hunt, five table parts. That's that's the second largest drop in the entire thing. Largest drop is pro fifteen star at six table uh, six table parts. Um, right. and and by the way, the table parts they're consistent. I've mapped that. Oh they're, right. Absolutely, hundred percent consistent. You will I'll go over those in a second. Um, the fifteen-star reward for premium, basically, what you're going to be getting is in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty, maybe slightly more tickets. That's it. Right. It's otherwise ball trails and flippers. So the fifteen-star <sighs> is hardly worth playing. No. Why there's not more? That's where they should put the coin drops. To be honest. Yeah. They should really? put some a healthy, good coin drop in the premium, like a twenty coin drop or a ten coin drop or something. Just a like ten that. coin drop would be that would be enough for me to blow through my tickets. Yeah. I'd blow through tickets for a ten coin drop. Mm. Um, but that's because right now I'm averaging, and I've said this before, I'm averaging seven coins a day. Mm-hmm. So every fourteen days, I'm getting my hundred coins. But right. it needs to. That is enough to where I'm going to max out my tables and have basically enough time to earn another 100 coins before the next table pack. Yeah, right. So I will be just getting my head above water, but it's never a case where I can get way in advance of it. No. and You you don't have a huge bank of coins. You don't have a huge bank of tickets. No, no. So that's where it's... You're anybody coming brand new to the app right now is not going to be able to do what I'm doing. They no. have to spend money if they're going to want to be able to play anything on a fully maxed table. Yeah. Um, without no spending months, without spending months. So it there's really 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 counting months. Money. Yeah. It really is months to get. Oh, to yeah, the absolutely. Point. It's going to yeah. be that at that point you're going to be because the pool, you're going to be dealing with 13 tables that you're going to be collecting parts for. Yeah. That's at most in a given day, you can earn 36 table parts. Do Yeah, right. Do you think that if a new player only made the decision that, yes, all they want to do is grind and play, do you think it would be worth their while spending the coin value to unlock the premium challenge so they have an extra shot at more things? No. Or whatever. No? I honestly don't. Again... All you'd be sacrificing really is five table parts a day. So now mm. you'd be collecting 31 table parts a day. Um, 
to drop 200 coins to be able to play premium and premium again, like I said, it kicks my butt regularly. Uh Uh, It's not worth it for the collecting purposes. Right. Um, So really it's it's a nice to have, but not a, this is like a key factor to actually getting forward in the game and getting the unlocks. Right. No. So just it's one of those things that I would like to present to Zen and say, Hey guys, uh, I I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what kind of data you're collecting. I mean, obviously you're collecting across a large, large field of all the users, but let me break it down for you on a personal user's uh, level level and show you how this isn't working. Yeah. I think Mel would be very interested in your experience. Yeah. So yeah, I think it might be time to send an email. So um, I just want to kind of run through just to, to let you guys know, um, I mean, how consistent this is just in table parts alone. Uh, basic five star, one table part, uh, 10 star, two table parts, 15 star, three table parts, advanced five star, two table parts, 10 star, three table parts, 15 star, five table parts. Um, mm. So advanced 15, that's a heck of a I mean, You want to go for that one because you're going to get a lot. Right. Uh, Pro five star, three table parts, 10 star, four table parts, and then the biggie, uh, 15 star, uh, six table parts. And the beauty about advanced is that you don't even have to pay any money nope. to like do it, it's nope. just a video watch, and off you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. somebody then broke down what the video watches are. And here again, you want to know how Zen's making their money? Yeah, they were yeah. saying they were saying that what they read, and this isn't necessarily what Zen's deal is, but for every thousand video views. Zen would get $3. Right. Okay. On any given day, because I have to go through uh, the three challenges in advanced, plus I'm always flipping the video card uh, for all the other things. So on any given day, I'm watching 12 videos. Right. Minimum. Minimum. And believe me, in advanced, 15 star, I'm watching way more than that. (laughs) (laughs) So... Zen is still earning their money. So they, that video, video is actually a pretty important revenue stream for them as far mm-hmm. as making money back on this package. Yes. Yeah, interesting. And the way they've done it, it's not like just a random pop-up video every now and again. It's like you choose to do it too. Like it's a, oh, yes, I, I am going to watch this video of right. my own accord. It's not just a random ad that pops up and frustrates right. you. It's like I'm making the decision to watch this video. Yes. So it's probably, it's even better because you, they're getting more qualified video impressions from that rather than yeah. like some someone going, oh, look, it's a video coming up. I'll just like, you know, uh, um, defocus the app and refocus the app and it'll go away sort of thing. Right. Yeah, so they'll be getting quality imprints on that too. So. so I've taken to having something else, like I'll have my computer screen open or I'll have something, you know, watching TV or whatever. I'll have something else going on uh, that I can quickly go to and read while the video pops up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm less annoyed by the videos. Although I really love the way the guy says, um, look, how many different slot machine games can there possibly be an app for? Oh, and, I think I know the one already. It's slots era. Well, no, no, no. You, you put too much on <laughs> the, that's that what guy. it is, but it's, it's, you put too much on the R it's all in the A. So it's slots era. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, strangely enough, I I always listen to that ad because <laughs> it's you won. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the dude is just my my I other favorite one is the it's obviously some Slavic 
video game or you know video poker game and it's it's still slots it's, era i'll tell it's, you it's, it's a mature oh it's got to be the same company but it's it's, no, it's it's actually slots era it's the same game but they've done a different ad to target a different demographic well but this one is for 18 plus it clearly yes. says it's 18 plus but the, the thing is it, it the, the the female voice goes adult game for adult <laughs> uh emotions i'm like <laughs> what is that exactly what, what is it i don't get what you're saying it is it's one of those things where it's just like it's such a fabulous broken english that it is wonderful and it then you get so and then fun. i started getting these these ads for like japanese uh games games yeah so there's one that is for uh what is it called like my emperor or something like that uh -huh. and it's basically how big of a hoe bag emperor can you be and collecting your harem <laughs> 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 because because they'll be like do you want to be a noble emperor or romantic emperor and the finger always selects romantic and immediately there's just this harem of girls around the guy and he's get the and like hearts go in his eyes and he's just like <laughs> it's it's terrible and then there was one that where it was the typical uh cutesy japanese sprites kind of look and so then the person they you know they show the finger scroll up to like do a, a macro view of it right the, like for their stats and all mm. of a sudden it goes into fully drawn anime style character but the uh. camera goes like bam right on the crotch and then bam right on the chest <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> where's the tentacles i mean come on yeah, this is just terrible oh that's later that's an unlock <laughs> in the game. <laughs> so i do get amusement out of the ads uh, i mean there, there's no I doubt do. that i've been getting amusement but yeah mr um, slots here is my favorite i, I think <laughs> out of all the ads go, oh yes yeah. Slot era. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's comical. Like he he's actually in a couple of other ads too, but he doesn't oh, yeah. do that. He doesn't do that voice. He does a like a, a lighter voice. Oh, okay, so that's his like deep authoritative voice, and then he's got like a lighter. <laughs> he's you can still tell it's him, but he's not doing the the elongated ending right. on all of his words. <laughs> so something else that I want to start um, tracking, and this is new for this week, I want to see what is the percentage of use of the tables and the frequency of the various challenges, et cetera, et cetera. So what, what's interesting is the game, let's see if you can take a guess. What game appears in the most challenges, like has the greatest odds of appearing daily? Oh, uh, probably... Um... Party zone. No. No. Oh. No, not even close, actually. Oh. And uh, this is only for me, too. So this is for me. I may be completely. My next guess would be my next guess would be um uh medieval madness. Not that one either. Oh. It is Attack from Mars. I've had it show up with a frequency of 71%. Oh wow. Oh, that was um, going to be. It was either it was either uh, medieval or attack were the ones I was going to say. I do get them a lot as well. Getaway like, is my second highest at fifty percent. Oh, followed by uh, oh, excuse me, that's not my. Uh, that's fifty percent. Fishtails is fifty-seven percent. Interestingly, though, Fishtails is only appearing currently in my pro and premium challenges. It didn't appear oh. at all in my basic and advanced challenges. Interesting. Um, Theater I've of Magic showed up 43%. Uh, Safecracker, 29%. Champion Pub, 14%. Medieval Madness, 36%. Junkyard, 36%. Uh, 
Black Rose, 36%, and Party Zone, 29%. It's funny that I've heard some people deliberately not updating um, Savecracker, so they don't <laughs> have to play it. They hate it that much. And that's what I need to understand. So they're not, they're not even... They're not upgrading it at all. They're not even doing it to one star no. so that they can just not have it. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, because actually, Safe Cracker in the basic and advanced challenge. Well, let's see. Hold on. Let me look at my information. Excuse me. I've had it in basic survival three times. And right. I didn't find survival that terrible for basic challenge. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's God. Survival, it's it's tricky. You can do it on mobile in basic, but it's like the 15 stars, you're sweating it um, to try. and you're just, just all about TNC multiball or vault multiball. Well, see, that's where I found, I, I think my least favorite mode is five minute mm. because it's the least forgiving. You have yeah. to have a, like I was just doing a five minute premium attack from Mars, which... <laughs> Talk about stupid numbers. You have to, for premium, the uh, premium five minute, 15 stars is 4.62 billion. Mm. You essentially have to destroy five of the six saucers in order to do that. And you better get um, a super jackpot in multi-ball also. Right. Um, that one was, I was sweating bullets trying to get that, but doing a uh, survival challenge, which was 5.4 billion for attack from Mars. It, I didn't sweat it that bad. And it's mm. because I'm only battling that little chunk at a time and the game can go on longer, which means I can unlock because attack from Mars is definitely one of those tables where the longer you play, the better you can score yeah. because everything is building and building and building. Correct. Um, that as opposed to, like I said, safe cracker doesn't work that way. Um, no. What's the other one? That party zone doesn't really work that way. You unless... got to get multiple and then get two time multiply and keep that. And, and that's and that's it. I mean, if you don't get and and that's where all your scoring though is in multi ball. Same thing mm. now. <laughs> okay, so you clued me into the junkyard thing. Yeah, Heck yeah. And I, it was killing me because I was not getting mamushka. <laughs> mamushka. So I was like, is there a way of making Mamushka pop up? Is there, is there something that you're supposed to do that you can dictate what that random thing is? Is it, you know, nope, it's completely random. But then mm. I found a new hack. So Mamushka mm. grants you 100,000 points per switch hit, right. which obviously, like what Jared was saying, you just let it auto fire and drain and fire and drain and boom, next thing you know, challenge will be done. But I wasn't getting that. But I looked up something. So in the lower right corner of the time machine, uh, when it's scrolling through the dates, there's a time military time popping mm -hmm. up. And when it says three minutes, 33 seconds, hit the flipper three times. That will start what's called a secret. I think it's called secret mania or whatever. Oh, just like, um, the, uh, the gear sick up trick. on right. um, The getaway. Right. And it's worth 30,000 points per switch. I did my 15 star premium challenge. I started, I was only had one star, uh, completed when I started yeah. that. I basically put my phone down and walked away. And about seven or ten minutes later, it finally finished the challenge. And it barely finished. I mean, it literally finished it with only fifteen seconds left on the uh -huh. on the survival <laughs> bar. But it did it. <laughs> and so, so when it said three, three, three. That's when three, you, three, you three, press hit. both 
both flipper buttons? Um, yes, you do yeah. press. I think it's you're supposed to press both flipper buttons. Mm. But uh, so that's one of those things. If you're having a hard time getting Mamushka at all, and you see that three three, because the three three doesn't always pop up. Is it going to be the last number in the? the it's going to be the last number that that, uh, that highlights. Up. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um. So, but that there's another another trick that you can use. Another to, trick. I'll try to that get too. past those survival and five minute challenges on uh, junkyard, and, and also the tournament challenges. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you are on Android, if you're on Android, so, yeah, the, yeah. Basically, if you know you're up against a good player when you see their score, or you know you're up against a player who understands the hack when you see their score going up rather fast, and you ah, they just got Mamushka, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I, I wanted to track was how often the challenges are uh, cycling through. Yeah. And basically what I'm finding is, uh, like for me, in basic challenge, uh, survival came up 43% of the time, five minute came up 36% of the time, and one ball came up 21% of the time. And those percentages are virtually identical. Not, okay, uh, okay advanced. Survival again comes up for three percent of the time, but this time the five minute and one ball are switched, but it's twenty one and thirty six percent. So the percentages are actually fairly kind of locked in somewhat. Um, mm. But I, I I only was sampling for fourteen days, so we'll see what happens as this That's continues. That's a fair amount of time. Off. That's a fair yeah. It's not like you're only getting one mode. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fa- and that's a fair sample size. Like fourteen days of continuous play, is is a good sample size. I would think that's valid data. If, well, if the only reason why I question it is because in the days since, so three days later, I had fishtails, which again was never appearing in survival. Or I mean, excuse me, in basic or advanced. All of a sudden, that's where I had it popping up. So, hmm. <laughs> um, you know, give it. I say, give it a month and see what's uh, what those numbers are. Then, and that'll be a much better. Uh, and separate the data week to week, as well. I would, I would think, because you might find they do a weekly cycle and they switch things up weekly, or eh. like something like that, or fortnightly, or something. Yeah, I'm um, not gonna do that much of a spreadsheet. Mm. <laughs> that's, no, that's no, that's crazy. Cra- that's crazy. That's crazy. Compared, compared what? to what you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I wanted to, uh, talk about this too, because this is very relevant to our realm of speculation mm-hmm. months ago, like seven or so. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the fact that in the podcast here, it was, what is, what is Pimble Arcade going to be doing? What's the future of Pimble mm. Arcade? And I said, if we don't see anything happening in six months time, it's pretty much all but dead. I mean, yeah. that's let's it's, face reality. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The only thing that we've heard at all, and it was just repeated in the latest uh, Twitch stream by Farsight, was yes, they are working on a table. One. One. A single solitary table. Hardly <laughs> the 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 you know wonderful outpouring that people would expect from from them. So yeah. Over in the beta forum uh, regarding the PC release, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
we were kind of joking about it, and I was, you know, saying basically that uh, TPA may not be dead, but there's certainly a priest on standby ready to read its last rites. <laughs> yes, and um, and then <laughs> Sven pointed out. He goes, "Well, maybe they're just." Uh, at least I think it's Sven. Uh, somebody pointed out that maybe they're just biding their time and waiting for the hype on uh, the Williams pinball to to die down. Right. And then they'll then they'll jump back in. And I was just like. Yeah, you know, nobody wants to hear actors talk. We'll let this fad pass on, and then we'll go back to being the kings of silent film era. And then a few years later, oh crap! Now there's color too. You know, so <laughs> yes. um, you can't you can't just sit back and relax and wait. And so then an individual from Farsight who was not speaking officially on official terms kind of poked his head in, and I posed the question. I said, "Hey, do you know, are we out of line for uh, for saying this stuff? Are we?" Are we, you know, just, are we lacking patience, you know, but seriously, why no Gottlieb tables? Why, you know, there's plenty of EMs and SS, uh, solid state tables that people would want from Gottlieb. Why are we not having those? Why are we only solely waiting on this one big license Stern stuff table? Yeah. And the response was quite telling in that it said, if there were any tables left that weren't super expensive to license or lame, we'd probably be making them. Hmm. Well, that's a pretty giant blanket statement about anything that is not modern Stern. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of went on to say, we're Farsight Studios, not Pinball Video Game Studios. Well, Folks, then, what TPA games are you... Is, yeah, TPA is dead. Yeah. <laughs> let's just Bye -bye. let's just call T it what it is. Um, and honestly, TPA and potentially Stern sounds like it's on its last legs as well. Like I mean I, I don't know what this magical table is. But a single solitary table is not going to set the scales back. The thing is that Elvira doesn't have long hair, she has a beehive. <laughs> so it may actually not be Elvira. Um so but even still, he's saying that it's there. You know, they can't afford the expensive licenses, and they don't well, want to what, do any lame tables. What is this table going to be then? Like, if it's <laughs> if it's anything related to Stern, it's going to be expensive, um, right? Which would explain why there's no Stern table action happening because, well, licenses don't come cheap on those tables, and we were speculating that they incorporated any digital licensing into their um, licensing agreements, but that was pure speculation. So yep. we don't know. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm. Uh, I'm at this point. It's kind of like I'm not going to be in our podcast, really updating, speculating, guessing anymore because there's no point in it. I don't. I mean, no. I'm not going to keep I, a torch alive for something that the studio itself doesn't really want to have the torch lit for. I mean, it sounds very clear that they don't care anymore. Like they they are looking at other opportunities. Yeah, and they've moved on. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck with the new opportunities. Like, uh, go and release more of the um, the party wear that you love to release. <laughs> well, in the statement said also it said uh, Zen is branching out themselves, but that doesn't mean it's completely abandoned. Um, uh, yeah, they're releasing Operencia, which uh, I've got a, started playing this week, and believe me, it is not Orbals or whatever the heck that thing was. No, and it's not Party <laughs> Party Arcade, right? Um, yeah. it's actually a well-crafted non-buggy game so, with, with depth in it. And at yeah. the same time, they're still cranking out, uh, top quality. Pinball. Yeah. So, yeah. Go you know. 
anyway, um, mm-hmm. like I said, that's <laughs> if 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 the main studio can't be bothered to care, then why should we, the fans? Mm. Um, so there you go. There you happy, go. Happy that. to be proven wrong. <laughs> happy to be proven wrong, but yeah, be but absolutely shocked if I am. I mean, yeah. if I had to put money down, I think I'd be collecting. So, yep, uh, I it would it would not be a roughy bet. It would be a sure thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks, we're going to uh, pretty much call it there mm-hmm. for this week. Um, hey, have you gone and bought a T-shirt? I know you haven't because I checked the sales. Uh, head over to redbubble.com and type in blockade and you can find all the various designs we have but hey maybe you don't want a t-shirt maybe you just want to contribute to the podcast itself you can do that too we are on paypal and we do accept donations if you head over to our website blockadepinball.com slash episodes there is a little section that uh, uh what, what does it specifically say donations That's, or um, uh, support the show. It's actually in every every single show note down the yeah. bottom. You can so. click on that, and that'll give information on how. If you just feel like being generous and supporting the show, you can do that too. Yeah. Do you have a question for us? You can always send it via email, blah blah blockade at gmail or you can do what a lot of people do, which is contact us on Twitter. You can do either the show, mm. which is at blockade, or you can do Jared and myself individually. I am at shut your traps. He is at Jared Margs. And uh, we'll we'll respond and get back to you. We usually try to do that. You can even leave comments in uh, YouTube. We try to get back to those also. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all the socials. Oh, one last thing to just because. Uh, Jared, were you familiar at all with uh, Cowboy Bebop? Uh, slightly. Slightly. Um, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of the anime. So I am a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched when it was first came out on a uh, cartoon network or adult swim at the time. And oh, right. yeah. within two episodes, I was on eBay buying the soundtracks because I thought <sighs> they were fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so been hooked ever since. Well, Netflix is making a live action version of the show. Oh. And so like the live action version of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to watch a live action Sonic the Hedgehog? That's I have my no question. idea. I don't either. So anyway, um, it's been kind of like, well, who's the cast? Who's the cast? Who's the cast? They just finally announced uh, a chunk of the cast, and it's kind of had me go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that would have happened no matter what, but the, the one that everybody's kind of going, the, the main character is Spike Spiegel. They've cast John Cho as, who you so, would remember as Harold from Harold and Kumar. And also is um, <laughs> he's also been the the, the most recent three uh, uh, Star Treks, right? Okay, um, and you kind of because in the cartoon or in the anime, Spike is very thin and tall and gangly, and that's not necessarily John Cho, who's significantly shorter than what this character would be. But I can hear his voice doing the lines. So I'm not offended by that. But people were doing the immediately, you know, how they were claiming certain movies were being whitewashed. And this one, mm-hmm. they were calling it being yellow washed where it was like, Oh, <laughs> oh they geez. just went, they just went straight out and hired an Asian actor just so the people wouldn't complain, even though spike is Jewish. And I went spike is Jewish. And they're basing <laughs> that purely because his last name is Spiegel. There's not a single Reference religion doesn't even come up or, or not only not doesn't religion, but nor does ethnicity because by the way, spike is from Mars. 
So <laughs> it's not like he's from Israel or, you know, <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> so it's one of those faux outrages that I just kind of went, okay, whatever. Um, you're good, good for you. Yeah. yeah the, the guy they cast is uh, Jed Black is Mustafa Shakir, who the, the headshot that they posted of him um, looks pretty good for what Jet would look like. Um, mm-hmm. And again, people were like, oh, what? They had to cast a black actor because his last name is, J- is Jet Black. But if you watch the anime, mm-hmm. Jet's not white. He's not black. He's just big and has mutton chops. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Because, um, you know, it's an anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, well. And then they, they cast uh, some gal by the name of Daniela Pineda for Faye. Uh, I know nothing about her, um, so it's going to be hard for me to determine if she'll make a good fay or not. Mm. Um, and then a guy by the name of Alex Hassel, who I have no clue who that is, and he's going to be the villain, uh, uh, which is why is my name, why is his name escaping me? Anyway, mm. he's the villain. Um, okay. They still have not cast Radical Edward because they can't find a girl with no bones. <laughs> because if if you watch the anime, Ed has no bones. It's completely rubber. Um, right. Nor have they cast the dog yet. Um, so, oh, vicious. That's the name of the villain, vicious. Right. Uh, but anyway, just want to throw that out that it's is shaping up. It's actually happening. We'll be getting ten episodes, and uh, all I can say is if they don't, if they didn't at least reach out to Yoko Kano, who did the all the music, uh, Yoko Kano and the seatbelts. If they don't at least reach out to her and see if she wants to do the, the show, then they're doing it terribly wrong. It's one thing wrong. If, if the mm. person turns you down, but if they're not even approached. sought after, approached, then that's to be larger than Very bad. larger than whoever they cast because the music is 50% mm. of the show. So right. Anyway, just, there you go. just wanted to drop that in there. I know. Hey, mm. this is this is what I'm saving for the end of podcast now, folks. <laughs> All the things it seems. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna skedaddle and we will talk to you all again next week, I believe. Hmm. Maybe. Thanks for, maybe. Yeah, we'll find out. But hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.